You're not in this story. Yeah, well, we're making it up as we go. Hello and welcome to Making It Up As We Go, a Destiel fan fiction anthology podcast. We're making it up as we go. I'm your host and reader, Nerdy Nerdenstein. The story is ours now. You can't have it back. Please be warned that the stories featured can and will contain explicit sexual content and is not intended for young audiences. Today I'll be reading The Devil's Study, part six of the Carnival Oasis series, written by Bayalu. The rating is explicit. The pertinent tags for this fic include Mild Descriptions of Hell, Blood, Anal Sex, Top Dean, Bottom Castiel, Tulips, Alternate Universe. If you are able, please go to the author's AO3 story and give comments and kudos to them for sharing this with us. The link is in the show notes. This will also be posted on AO3 as a podfic under my username, and the link will be in the show notes as well. The Devil's Study, Part 6 of the Carnival Oasis series, written by Violu, read for you by Nerdy Nerdenstein. It's cold. That's the first thing Dean's aware of. It shouldn't be. It wasn't cold when he went to sleep, and Castiel often puts out extra heat. Except, Dean can't feel Castiel next to him. He opens his eyes and... Where the fuck? He's standing in a cave, still wearing the sweatpants and t-shirt he went to sleep in, still wearing a circlet of white tulips around his wrist something Castiel made while Dean started to doze. The cave is nondescript as far as caves go, dark, lit by a few ancient-looking torches on the wall, nothing really to note, other than the cold and the quiet, and the fact that when Dean went to sleep he was still at home. He starts walking in the direction he's already facing. He walks slowly, 
chill working its way through his bones. What he wouldn't give for a pair of slippers right now. This place is... There's a wrongness to it. Dean can feel it down to his marrow, to the center of his soul. The wrongness of it clings to him with the chill of the air and only grows colder as he walks. He wants to call out to Castiel, call out to anyone, but he fears breaking the oppressive silence with his voice. He's been walking for at least a minute when the cave widens into a well-lit cavern, at the center of which is a fucking throne, battered and weathered and covered in blood. Oh, okay, sure, that's fine. That's not terrifying at all. There's a sound like a distant scream, and quickly Dean turns to look back the way he came, heart jackhammering in his chest. And when he looks at the throne again, there's a man sitting in it. The man is dressed plainly, wearing clothes Dean would wear himself, well-worn jeans, a t-shirt with a flannel over it. He's older than Dean by probably twenty years, with sandy hair and a friendly expression that Dean doesn't trust for a second. Who would trust a man perched on a blood-stained throne? "'Welcome,' the man says, voice magnanimous, as though Dean should be impressed with the fucking ice-cold cave they're in. "'You gotta turn off the A.C., man,' Dean says in reply. The man tilts his head barely, and then his eyes widen. "'Oh, yes, of course. Humans are so fragile,' he says thoughtfully. The room starts to warm almost immediately, enough that Dean doesn't feel like his toes are going to fucking fall off. I prefer the cold, personally. I can tell. The man smiles, though Dean supposes he's not really a man. You have... what's the word? Moxie? Spunk? Chutzpah? Irreverence. He says it like a compliment. Dean's a little confused. Thank you? I suppose you're wondering why I've brought you here. You brought me here. Yes, of course. Okay, then yes, I'm wondering why you brought me here. I wanted to talk about Castiel. Oh shit, this must be another angel. Oh shit, this must be Castiel's father. Oh fuck, Dean must be in hell. Dean is in hell with the devil. Oh no, this is not cool. This is not fucking cool at all. I was under the impression that this wasn't my soul's intended destination. Dean says tightly, fighting an intense urge to cry until his lungs explode. Stay strong, he tells himself. Castiel always promised he would follow you anywhere. It's not. You can stop looking so stricken, Lucifer says, rolling his eyes. Oh, Dean says, relaxing just a fraction. You're not even really here, not technically. What the fuck does that mean? Call it an out-of-body experience, Lucifer says coyly. Sure feels like my real body, Dean says. Lucifer shrugs. The devil fucking shrugs. Well, if you don't want people feeling stricken, this isn't the place to bring them. I apologize, this is not my favorite location either. But it does have the best reception for contacting souls topside. Lucifer snaps his fingers and their location changes. They're in a room that looks like a study. Lots of mahogany furniture, lots of books, a roaring fire in a fucking fireplace. 
Lucifer is still seated, this time an incredibly comfortable-looking leather chair. I thought my house was fucking warded against angels. Dean snaps. Oh, it is, and quite well. But I'm the brightest of angels, after all. I'm sure Castiel will ward you even more carefully after this. Okay, so you wanted to talk about Cass, right? Yes. A little birdie told me my son had found a mate, and I thought I should meet you. See if I approve. Lucifer says. Dean would bet his car that that little birdie was goddamned Gabriel. You know, you're a bit of a legend around here, Dean Winchester. Since the dawn of souls themselves, only one demon has ever been slain by a child. Dean's so not going to talk about his Azel. I'm a human, so I think you can understand why I don't want the approval of the fucking devil. Lucifer grins, shark-like. So afraid and still so irreverent. You're terribly reckless, aren't you? Though I think perhaps your love and faith in Castiel also makes you brave. It's sweet, really. I like you so much already. I hope that doesn't damage your self-esteem, he says, tapping his lip thoughtfully. I thought perhaps you could tell me how my son has been doing. I hear so little about him these days, he's always kept to himself, but ever since his... incident. What the fuck? He wants to know what Castiel has been up to? Holy shit, why don't you just ask him? Don't be ridiculous, Castiel doesn't speak to me. He can't stand me. Dean's actually surprised to hear that. Dean had assumed because Castiel had told him that his father loves him, that he must love his father in return. You don't seem very broken up about it. I have had time to cope, Lucifer says. Dean has no idea if he's being sarcastic. So your enemies? Of course not. I have killed many angels. He has felled many of my demons. But I wouldn't say that we are enemies. He is my only son. I love him unconditionally. And he, in his way, loves me in return. But... He also can't stand me. It's simply the way of things. Castiel is far more angel than he is anything else, and angels do not like me. Except Gabe. I wouldn't say Gabriel likes me either. Dean sighs, leaning against the desk in the room. Okay, what do you want to know? I haven't exactly known Cass that long in the grand scheme of things. Lucifer's face transforms then. All traces of snark, mischief, and nonchalance gone. Is he happy? Well, that's fucking loaded. Yes. I mean, he seems happy. He says he's happy. And I trust him not to lie to me. And, and a lot of the time I can feel his happiness. Lucifer nods. That's wonderful. Tell me more. He loves to cook, he loves to tell stories, he loves severing vampire heads. He's been making those little sketches of dresses he wants to make for my nieces. He smiles to himself a lot, and hums, and sometimes I can feel the warm buzz of his grace wrapping around me. Dean realizes he's gushing about his boyfriend to fucking Satan and closes his mouth. Lucifer looks pleased, though. He looks like what he is an estranged father hearing that his cherished son is doing well. Domesticity, 
It suits him, then? Yeah, I get... There's a tug, a pull on Dean's bean that has him looking at Lucifer in confusion. Is that you? Lucifer shakes his head. He looks sad. It's not. Dean hears a voice, a chant, saying words that sound something like spell work. It's Castiel, the rough, gravelly tone of his physical voice, and the piercing ring of Castiel's angelic one blending together in a singular sound. He sounds frantic and angry, words coming out in a stream of Enochian that Dean has absolutely no hope of deciphering. He's very strong, Lucifer says, eyes on the ceiling as though he's looking up at Castiel. I've heard he feeds well from you. Yeah, I'm not talking to the devil or my boyfriend's fucking father about that, thanks, Dean says, oddly fearful as the sound of Castiel's voice grows. You going to send me back? Why bother? He's nearly broken through. May as well let him finish his work. It's been good to meet you, Dean. Pity we didn't have more time to talk. So, uh... Castiel's voice is loud, now urgent and demanding as Dean fumbles for something to say to bring closure to this clusterfuck of a chat. Do I have your approval? Lucifer looks at Dean then, smiling his shark-like grin again. I think so, whether you want it or not. Well, that'll definitely haunt me for... Dean's eyes pop open and he's bolting upright in bed, disoriented and panicking at the sudden shift as reality comes rushing back to greet him. The room is warm, the air stagnant. Every plant, every flower, every blade of grass dried and withered. Castiel is crouching beside the bed, head bowed, hands bloody where they're gripping Dean's left arm. Mauve cassock marred with patches of blood. Dean's confused until he sees the sigil on his own chest, drawn in blood. It feels hot on his skin. Castiel looks up at him, eyes fierce and enraged. Cass, Dean says, I'm sure of what to say. Forgive me, Castiel pleads, pulling Dean's hand to his lips so he can shower it with kisses. I had assumed my wards were more than enough. They were, but not against. Are you all right, Dean? I can't believe he... Oh, Dean, please tell me you're okay. I'm okay, Cass. Everything's okay. Dean promises. Castiel's despair and fear are so thick in the air Dean can almost taste them. I can't imagine what he was thinking. What did he... What did he do to you? Oh, Dean, I woke and I couldn't sense your soul at all and I... I got to you as fast as I could. Castiel clambers onto the bed and wraps his arms around Dean. He's shaking. Cass, it's okay. I'm okay. I promise. I was just kind of freaked out. That's it. He didn't hurt me. Or my soul. Dean says emphatically. Castiel pulls back, looking surprised. He didn't. He wanted to, uh, talk. He wanted to talk? Now Castiel's pain is giving way to irritation. It's not easy to steal souls, Dean, even for him. He truly went through the trouble of snatching your spirit like a thief to talk with you. About what? He wanted to know how you were. Castiel looks like he wants to punch Dean in the face, and then Dean realizes he probably wants to punch his father. 
He wanted to know how I was, and this is how he went about getting that information. The amount of effort it would take to pluck a soul from a living body and take it to hell, even temporarily. And he just... He wanted to ask how I was? Castiel's yelling now, pulling himself out of Dean's arms to pace around the dead grass on the floor in their bedroom. God, this place looks pitiful right now. Castiel's panic must have been severe for everything to have died. Even the tulips around Dean's wrist are withered and brown. If he can only do it temporarily, how come you're so freaked out? A lot of trauma can be inflicted in a short time, Dean, Castiel says gravely. Well, that's not fucking terrifying. Oh, but don't worry, this won't happen again. I'll make better wards. Yeah, he said you would. Oh, I'm sure he knows everything I'll do, doesn't he? Castiel snaps, glaring around the room like it's offended him. Wow, I really had no idea you felt this way about him. He's the devil, Dean. Why wouldn't I? He's your dad, I, I don't know, Dean says awkwardly. You don't like your father either. Okay, you got me there. So he just wanted to know how I was. That's it. He could have gone about it any number of ways, you realize. He did it like this to vex me. He took what's mine because he could, and how did he even know about you? Castiel's still bloodied fist clench. Gabriel. That irresponsible little... Cass, it's okay. We're okay. I'm okay. I'm home now. Dean gets out of bed and stands in front of Castiel, taking his hands. Your dad wanted to know that you were doing okay. And now he knows. And meanwhile, I'm back with you where I belong. Castiel relaxes slightly. He closes his eyes and takes a deep breath. You're right. It's over. You're going to make much stronger wards so Satan can't snatch me from my bed in the night to fucking gossip. Yes, Castiel says, nodding. I am. And considering where I just was, I'm pretty okay. You are, right? I mean, it was hell, Cass. That's some alarming shit, but yeah, I'm okay. Didn't even see any demons while I was there. It was probably the best-case scenario as far as visits to hell go, right? Dean wonders if he should share the part about having Lucifer's approval. Now's probably not the time. I suppose. Meanwhile, look at this place, Cass. You killed all our plants. Castiel is pouting now. I didn't mean to. I know, Cass, I know. I'm sorry you were scared, man. That must have been a terrifying few minutes. Dean says, rubbing Castiel's palms with his thumbs, then leads them both over to the tiny sink in the corner that never gets used because the water's only settings are hypothermia cold and scalding hot. Castiel shakes his head slowly. It took me hours to reach you. Time passes differently in hell, Dean. Sometimes faster, sometimes slower, but never quite the same as here on Earth. He sighs. I was getting close to going down there myself to fetch you. Dean opts for scalding water and quickly washes away the blood on Castiel's hands. Hours? Holy shit. It hurts to think of Castiel so panicked and angry for a few minutes, let alone hours. Well, I'm glad you got through, Cass. I was scared when I realized where I was, you know. But I knew you'd come, because you promised. 
Lucifer said, my love and faith in you made me brave. Did he? Castiel says as they both dry their hands on Dean's shirt. Yeah, he did. Dean grins and clutches Castiel's hands tight as he looks into his eyes, already anticipating the glow. Even the fucking devil can see how much I love you, Cass. Ah, there it is. Castiel's eyes light up as he pulls Dean into another kiss. Say it again, he whispers. I love you, Cass. Castiel practically shoves him onto the bed, yanking his sweatpants and boxers down. So, you've got some stuff on your mind, then? Dean says conversationally as Castiel more or less tears his blood-stained cassock off his body. I need you, Castiel says, voice pleading. He clambers into Dean's lap, kissing him hard while they both grope around the bed for the jar of coconut oil underneath the pillows. Dean finds it first, and Castiel snatches it out of his hand to get some onto his fingers and reach behind himself. Dean would very much like to watch Castiel get himself ready, but he can't, because Castiel's determined to kiss Dean within an inch of his life. His kisses are needy, urgent. He has a good hold on the back of Dean's head with his free hand, and he's rocking just slightly in Dean's lap. A minute or two passes. Castiel's probably getting ready as fast as he can, but just to be an asshole, Dean decides to confess a sin. When I was fourteen, he says in between kisses, I egged my math teacher's house because he always pronounced my last name like Weenchester, no matter how many times I told him it was Winchester. Castiel lets out a confused and startled laugh as his tattoos start to glow. You are very sensitive, aren't you? Kids called me Dean the Ween the entire time I was at that school, Cass. Dean grumbles, biting at Castiel's neck. Castiel moans when Dean bites him, so Dean bites a little harder before continuing his story. I egged his house and threw a bunch of toilet paper in the trees outside the place, and then he threw out his back trying to clean the mess up, so I feel pretty damn bad about that one. Castiel groans and whines, and then he's lifting himself up and grabbing Dean's cock to hold it steady. He sinks down onto Dean slowly, warm and tight and too fucking good. Dean starts to thrust up into him, but Castiel is already on it, riding Dean with determination. He slows down as his wings close around them, creating a cocoon lit by the glow of grace light in Castiel's eyes and tattoos. When Dean closes his eyes, he can still see the light. I've met three angels now, Dean mutters. I'm not completely an angel, you know, Castiel cracks. Two and a half, then. You're my favorite so far. The kindest. The most brave. The most loyal. Dean. I love you, Cass. Dean whispers. Castiel has stopped moving, but Dean picks up the slack, holding on to Castiel's hips and rocking up into him. Castiel's wings close tighter around them. Don't stop, all right? Dean's not sure if Castiel means don't stop fucking him or don't stop loving him, but either way, he knows his answer. I won't. The basement comes back to life with Castiel's improved mood and his typical burst of energy. The grass is tall, green, and crowded with white tulips, while vibrant forget-me-nots spill out of the planters hanging from the ceiling. 
The garden boxes at the other end of the room are an explosion of wild strawberries that look bright and appetizing. Castiel is crouched in front of the strawberries, sampling them and moaning with each bite. His wings are still out, sprawled lazily in the grass behind him, looking as fucked out as Dean feels. Stop making those sounds, Dean whines from the bed. You're getting me hard. Castiel turns around, looking at Dean's naked body. Doesn't look like it. Emotionally, I'm getting turned on, okay? Castiel arches an eyebrow, then slowly puts another strawberry in his mouth, moaning loud and really looking like he's savoring the bite. Dean narrows his eyes. God, you're such a fucking dick. But you love me anyway, Dean grumbles, debating on getting up to get his hands on one of those damn strawberries. Don't let it get to your head. The End
Thank you so much for your support. I can be contacted on Twitter, Tumblr, or at makingitupaswegopod at gmail.com. As always, thank you so much for listening.